0: Let me take a couple of minutes and just introduce myself. My name is Leif, not Leif. And I am from Norway, not Atlanta. I know that you knew I was a southerner. And the reason is I'm from the south part of Norway. That's why I have this accent. So I am a true Norwegian Viking. I'm a true Norwegian Viking. So when I'm I'm coming to Minnesota, this is like there's something in my heart. And yes, yesterday I drove all the way to Ingebritzen. And half of the store were closed, but I was able to get me some Norwegian chocolate. And just, just for the memory stone of this area, I can't do that in Atlanta. So you're very blessed people. <laughs> but anyway, on my journey, as I was saying, that uh, uh, I was going to take me back again, because even when I was watching the video, and uh, this was only three weeks ago. And so I just kind of fresh back. And I've been on this journey, uh, especially in Pakistan for about 26 years, but also now lately, Afghanistan. And just this, it's not just those countries, but that's a few of the places. And, and you look at the video, you maybe think I'm kind of a power evangelist. And, and that's one thing that we do. But I wanted to bring you back. I am 56 years old, married to Jennifer, and we've been married for 33 years. And... Uh, So here we are, a Norwegian Viking, marrying an American Cherokee Indian. And we have African-American son-in-law. So I can't wait to have grandbabies. Wow. So we are on this stage, four grown children. Our second youngest daughter is getting married in Norway in about two weeks. So all of our family, we're going to go back again to Norway. Two of my daughters live in Norway. All of my family lives in Norway and we live in Atlanta. But I want to show a couple of things connected to my journey that is significant. I ended up a uh, long part of my journey, but as a Baptist pastor. And I know that sounds like a miracle. <laughs> How does a Norwegian end up as a Baptist pastor? <laughs> it is because I married a Southern Baptist girl and her father wanted to make sure that if, if, if he was going to say yes, I need to be a good Baptist. I ended up back again in Norway pastoring a Baptist church. And then I still remember the day where I had one of my dear friends. He got cancer. He was one of the elders in our church. And I prayed and I believed that God was going to heal him. And he had faith, we have faith. But I still remember as a young Norwegian, one of my first funerals. I just experienced the disappointments. So what I did is I lowered my expectancy level because if I don't expect much, I don't have to live with disappointments. And I know there's people here that have lowered your expectancy. But in the middle of all of that, I ended up in a dry period of time. I didn't get to see much. And then I still remember I got this invitation. Will you come to this meeting that this man named Randy Clark was having? And I had heard of Randy Clark because this was back in the Toronto days and but that was kind of a strange, unusual things that was not for us Baptist. Uh, because I heard they had this unusual manifestation and in my church you get the left foot of fellowship if you I, mean, I heard people falling on the floor. Why would you be on the floor? I mean, all those strange things that we saw in the first service. <laughs> but anyway, I'm saying that again. So when I came up there there was a small group of us. We were meeting with randy clark the salvation army the methodist the assembly of god was all the denomination kind of a unity event and then in the evening we're going to have a big uh, outside healing meeting for the community and in that meeting randy just shared his story and and i knew there has to be something more how many of you hungry for something more in your life it's not that i'm not grateful for what god has done but i just hungry for something more and when i heard randy's story it was that desire He says, would you like to be prayed for? And we stood in a line, about 30 of us. And Randy went down the line and says, bless him, touch him. And I saw the Lutheran pastor went down on the floor. And then I saw the Methodist. And then the Assembly of God. And then Salvation Army, one after the other, on the floor. And he didn't even touch them. He had his hand one foot away from them. And for me, it was like he's coming closer to me. And I realized I'm in trouble. I kind of locked my knees and getting ready that's a good stoic Norwegian is supposed to do. But when it came to me, all the other ones says, more Lord, bless him Lord, more. But when he came to me, he stopped and he says, you are a bulldozer. And I'm thinking, no, I am a Baptist pastor. They didn't teach me much about prophecy in my Bible college and seminary. And he said, you're a bulldozer, I see you, it's like the, the Amazon jungle, and you're going into the darkest places where the gospel has never been before. To the darkest places, and you're going to make a way where there's no way, and I see this big light is following after you. And you see multitudes of people who are following after you into this light, and then the next moment, boom, I'm on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> electricity, fire, electricity and fire. For over two hours, God rewired his Norwegian. And when I came up from the floor, I was like, what happened to me? And was kind of a, I still remember the next day I was walking by a heroin addict who I had seen often sitting close to the railway station where I lived, but I just walked by him and the presence of God just hit him and he got set free. And I was like, what, this is weird. And he said it was like somebody shooting heroin. He said it was the best dose. Mainly he experienced it. He he experienced in the Prince of Peace. And then we had an iranian iranian from iran they started tear of his call. he got delivered and i was like i still didn't have a language then somebody with youth with a mission came up and he started i was translating for him and he says you are a bulldozer you're going into the darkest places in the world and uh, over a million muslims will come to jesus because of you And I didn't even have a clue what this meant then. Make my story short, broken neck, broken back, body cast. It was a long journey. Nobody says when you're a bulldozer, you hit things, but things hit you. <laughs> and uh, so this Norwegian body have a lot of scars and 12 major surgeries, 11 years on opiates uh, that I've been off since 2006. Yeah. But it's, been, uh, it's not been easy, but God is good. <laughs> And the reason I'm saying is connected to my message today because I've been on this journey. But before I do, I know my friend Larry Eiley is here. And, and there's a lot of friends. But we were sitting yesterday looking out the window. And there is a beautiful, majestic eagle. And, and, and Larry lives right down the lake. And I know for you that's kind of a normal. But for me, it's significant because the first time I came here, God started to send eagles. And it was the first time that everywhere I went, God started to send eagles as sign even where there was no eagles. For me, it's like a kiss from heaven that I'm about to do something. And it does something to my expectancy level about what God is doing. So anyway, so I got overwhelmed, but then I was thinking my favorite story about the eagle. I wanted to read that to you. But before that, make sure I read a Bible verse so that this meeting is legal. (laughs) So if you have your Bible, and if just wanted to use this as a framework first first corinthians 13 verse 34 first corinthians 13 verse 34 it says awake awake to righteousness say that with me say awake Awake. to righteousness and do do not sin and do not sin some do not have the knowledge of God you may be wondering why would I talk about awake to righteousness awake to becoming who you are awake and do not sin because some still don't have the knowledge of God I wanted to put another scripture verse that I just give to you for free and it is and this righteousness will bring peace yes it will bring quietness and confidence forever This righteousness will bring shalom, safe, sound, complete. That's Isaiah 32, 17, this righteousness. So I wanted to read my favorite eagle story to you. Once upon a time, there was a chicken named Will. Will was pecking around in the chicken coop one day, and then he found an old, old letter, and he read it excitingly. As did his heart, it started to jump. Because in the old letter, he he was reading that it was possible for chickens to become transformed supernaturally to become eagles. There has always been a desire in Will's heart to be an eagle. But he never thought it would be possible in his life. So that night, Will the chicken. He prayed to God and he believed it was possible for him to become an eagle. So Will, he was praying and praying and suddenly a bolt of lightning struck him and he became fully, he became a fully fledged eagle. But this is exciting. (laughs) The crazy thing was that Will was so used to his experience of being a chicken that he didn't realize that he had become an eagle even though the old letter had promised so. So he walked around in the coop acting and pecking like a chicken, but all the while he was an eagle. It became difficult for Will to still act like a chicken because he was no longer designed for that kind of a life. He no longer enjoyed pecking around for food and scraps like he used to. He became more and more dissatisfied with his condition, but he could not put his claw on the issue. So he continued to ask, oh, please God, make me more like an eagle. But he never changed and lost hope. This went on for some time, and a majestic eagle flew over Will's chicken coop and saw a funny sight of an eagle that was acting like a chicken. The eagle swooped down and perched on a tree next to the coop, and the eagle yelled out to Will, what are you doing down there? You are acting like a chicken. And Will responded, what do you mean? I am a chicken. (laughs) The eagle laughed at Will and said, come spread your wings and fly with me. You are an eagle just like me. Will didn't have time to think as the eagle just soared and flew away. So He spread out what he thought was his chicken wings, and he saw two broad eagle wings. With three strong flaps, some faith and courage, Will flew high above the chicken coop and soared as eagles do. So he could see the invisible and do the impossible. I just love that story, and uh, I'm going to connect that a little bit to my story because sometimes I I like watching some of those videos and we actually yesterday spent quite a bit of time looking at when the shia muslim in my hotel room a few weeks ago presence of jesus is coming in totally heals him yes. it's just amazing and story after story we were watching video after video we just get teared up seeing what god is doing and then there is the battle you fight after the battle you won have you been there? I mean, suddenly you have this breakthrough and we maybe had it in 2019, we're getting this word, the word for 2020, it's a year of breakthrough. And everybody's like, yeah. And then it becomes breakdown. <laughs> we maybe have a promise it's gonna be Sunday, but we didn't like Friday was coming before Sunday. But there is no Sunday without Friday. And then you have a two year Saturday between Friday and Sunday. And in the middle of that Saturday, when you are suddenly right there and your promises has not been fulfilled, and there's frustration. So I'm just going to be honest and sharing a little bit of raw message. I did it this morning and I honestly have not become it yet. Most of the time, if I share messages, it's because I've been through a process. Now I'm sharing it because I'm in the middle of it and it's raw. I'm still bleeding. I'm not sharing based upon a process I've been through, a process that I'm in but I felt just that I wanted to share with you. So uh, right after I got home, I had some infections and some attacks was happening and there was attacks before, attacks during, but then afterwards. But what often happened with some of us, the enemy is using fatigue as a weapon to try to wear us out. So I just, I want you to know that because rest is your weapon of warfare and out of rest you will wear the enemy out and everything there that we have to find out what is a gainer and drainer in this season and you have to watch your energy level but for me i didn't realize that i've been battling for six months before this event i was battling over there i came home kind of a you get a little relaxed you come home now i'm going to rest and then there's infection and doctors and specialist. And then finally two Sundays ago today, I decided I'm going to take my electric bike. And I told my wife, today is Sabbath. I'm going to rest and renew. And this eagle is just going to allow the feathers to just enjoy the wind. So I took my electric bike and I'm heading enjoying the golf cart road, even passing some golf carts, 32 miles an hour. (laughs) And then suddenly there is this squall that just runs. And I'm like, and then it changes. It comes back right in the front. Hits my tire, or I hit the school. I fly over, and different parts of my body get blue and black, and I'm in the emergency room. So I've cut open this area because instead of crushing my head against the asphalt, I was able to cover up in the last minute. And so anyway, so I'm there with cuts and bruises and black and blue and a couple of sprains and my whole body, and it's still about 80 percent well. So you can pray for me, <laughs> but I'm in this process, and I'm like, God. Oh! And I didn't realize I'm acting like a chicken again. But I am an eagle. And there's been different times that I've seen on Eve's journey where I'm going back to the chicken nature of operating, when the storms are hitting and when the serpents are there. And the serpents, as an eagle, a serpent is not a threat for full-fledged eagle. But I was going through another molting season, but I didn't realize it. I started to lose some feathers, lose vision, and I was not able to soar. And you start to flap harder. So I'm putting this into some language, and then I'm going to try to do something that is a create a miracle, and that is to land this in 21 minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> because this is a long process. So I finally had enough, and I was before God, and I'm like, God, and I'm going to give a background of this story, but I'm like, I'm a little disappointed. I mean, we have incredible stories and miracles, but I'm tired. I'm beaten down and coming up, and I'm supposed to get healthy, and I can't do anything any longer, and... And I'm wiped out. So I'm a little disappointed I'm there. And then Jesus, I'm having breakfast. This is John 21. But we're going to take you on a journey. Suddenly you start to have breakfast with Jesus. Jesus just comes to, and Jesus says, Lave, do you love me? And I'm like, come on, Jesus. Listen, let me tell you my story, Jesus. Do you remember Jesus? There was that day. I mean, I've been fishing, doing the best that I knew how to do. If you look at my whole life and my past, and I still remember Jesus when you showed up. And I realized that you suddenly showed me a different way of life. And as a young Norwegian, from drug addictions to everything else, I left everything because I saw who you were. You are the Lord of my life. And at that moment when I recognized you, I left my old way of life and I became a follower of you, Jesus. I took up that cross. I didn't want just a self-improvement program, Jesus. I, I wanted to follow you and take up that cross So wherever you lead, I go. And I kissed my mom and dad goodbye. I left Norway at the age of 18 years old and I follow you, Jesus. I left the old fishing, everything that I knew about life. And I follow you to become a disciple, to become a follower. Yes, I love you. Excuse me, Leif. Feed my lambs. Excuse me, Jesus, feed your lambs. What do you mean by, it's right there, and we're going to look at it, John 21. Feed my lambs. And then I remember somebody, these small little things. One young person had been online and said some bad, bad things about me on being a false teacher and false prophet and even about some of my friends. And then I walked into the office, a little busted and bruised, and they said, well, you got a package. And it was a hate package. I've been one of the false teachers, or this and that, and I needed to clean my ears, or would say they had Q tips. And it came all the way from overseas. And I started to react to these small things. How can you hurt a dead person? How can you humiliate somebody that's humble? I'm just asking myself some questions. So in this journey, I just realized that there's something going on. Do you love me? Of course, I love you, Jesus. And then he took me to the story, and let me give you the framework of this with Simon Peter. And I think there's some life lessons that we are going to get today. And the whole story here, let me take you back again. Here's Simon, we remember, fisherman. He left everything, he followed Jesus. I love Peter. If you were to ask me the person that you're, I, I look the most like of the character, it would be Peter. But the one I want to be like is John. John has been my hero because there's something about Peter. When I see Peter, there's something I don't like about myself. It's not that his intention is not good. It's just his direction is not good. So my intention is to get to the airport after this service. But if I drive in the wrong direction, you can pray for me, fast for me. You can make your declaration about me. I still end up in the wrong direction. I will not end up in the airport if I don't have the right direction. So the intention for Simon Peter, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. It doesn't matter what anybody else does and anybody else says, I'm going to be followed. Because I have seen what you have done in my life. I have a long history of what. I have this journey with you, Jesus. And then in John 13, verse 34, he says something. He says, as I have loved you. As I have loved you, meaning I'm about to give my life for you. But as I have loved you, you love one another, including those Democrats. (laughs) Your neighbor. Does she a Muslim that? And i could just go to the list as i have loved you it's not just love he said as i have loved you you love one another and in verse 35 that's how the people around you're going to see who i am by the way we love one another verse 35 and peter is there yeah, of course i love you jesus and then jesus says one of you are about to betray me and peter not me there's maybe somebody else in this room but not me don't you see my history with god don't you know my journey I've sacrificed everything. I wouldn't deny you. They have had guns to my mouth. I have scars. I had body casts for nine months. I was sitting in a wheelchair with my daughter. My life. I didn't deny you. Seven times I kissed my family goodbye. And I stood in the Middle East, placed myself as a living sacrifice on the altar. I love you. Why are you asking me this question? The second question comes, Leif, do you love me? (gasps) And then it just shows the journey. It was a tough night tired fatigued the intention of Jesus says before this rooster crow three times Simon you're going to deny me and he's like you are offending me Jesus saying that I would deny you you're asking me that I would do things that I never think I'm capable of doing that's exactly what Jesus is saying and he's like never no way his intention was good but he still did not know himself the way that Jesus knew him and we're going to find a core to this today, because if that could happen to him, and I realized in my own life, when this love thing, he took me back again into some things in my life. And I just realized that the best of my ability, my intention has been there. I would give my life for you. But sometimes these small little things happens in life. where you forget who you are? And there's something that he wants to do to fix that tonight uh, today. Uh, are you okay? So then you're coming to, and eventually comes to the cross. And actually, right before the cross, they come and they grab Jesus. The room get, the place get rippled by fear. But John and Peter's the only, the two of them are following after. There's chaos. I have been there when the soldiers comes. I've been there in the Middle East when they grab me. Just three weeks or put me into a vehicle, so smuggle me into a different area. I've been in those settings where before you know it, the environment, 500 guys shows up with guns and machine guns. Something shifts. Wow. So in this setting for him, suddenly the atmosphere is changing. It was easy to be there when Jesus touches the lepers, raises the dead. But now they are grabbing the lover of his life, and he is not that king that is fighting back. And when he's getting into this out of court, they take him in and into the house, and Peter's standing in the outer court. Just like myself, three weeks ago in Peshawar the wealthiest man in the Pashtun world invited us to come to this compound. And everyone was able to come in because I had relationship and favor. So my team came in. John had relationship on the inside. And so he said, hey, he's with me. So Peter was able to come inside the inner court. And when he comes there, there is a fire. And I'm here just to even remind some of us that in the tire, the season when sometimes we are struggling, the enemy is going to put the fire there. Yeah. Beware this fire in this season that is there when you are tired. Sometimes you feel a little disappointed. You want to give up. And the enemy is going to try to get you to compromise at a fire. And you do not know when the enemy builds a fire in the front of you to warm you up, temporarily speaking, but it has a big cost later on. I just wanted to give that as a little. So He's coming to that fire and he warms himself at the enemy's fire. And on the inside he can hear as the torture begins against the lover of his life. It is cold. It is dark, and there's nothing you can do. You're just standing there to he. My intention is, I want to be there for him. My intention, is I'm willing to die for him. But suddenly, now, the fatigue leads to fear, leads to failure, leads to forsaken. Yeah. Let me say that one more time. The fatigue leads to fear, that leads to failure, leads to isolation, forsaken. Yeah. So true. And now here he is. Hey, you were with him, weren't you? No, I, I, I don't. It was just in a moment. Didn't even think. And here's the next one where we saw him. And finally, there's this girl because he, he cut the ear off. Oh, that's the guy. He, do you remember? Yeah, do you remember him? And by the third time, suddenly you can hear hoo, 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 hoo. the third. And when you hear that, I don't know, but i just sensing this is what he's going to do even for you. But if you interview Peter on in heaven and say, Peter, what was the worst day of your life? What was the worst day of your life? He would take you back to that moment. I will never forget the moment. The very thing he said that I would do it. And I never had an intention. I would never done these things. But that moment, shame, guilt, and fear came in. At that moment, I pursued, and it continued to pursue. Resurrection came. He appeared before us in the upper room. Here we are, crippled in the upper room. I'm not joking with us, but with masks on. I mean, here they are. They were full of fear in the upper room because there was a fear virus out there. What happened to Jesus is about to happen to us. John 20, verse 19. They were crippled there by fear. And then as they are in the upper room by fear, the Bible says that Jesus just came and he appeared among them. He didn't knock on the door because he is the door. He just filled that room with his presence. Say his presence. Say his presence. Oh, his presence changes everything. He fills that room with his presence. And he's not pointing to them or condemning them or anything else. He says, peace be with you. And some of us, we just need peace in this season. Peace to your mind. Peace to your body. He is imparting from his presence. He's imparting his peace. But then he does something. He showed him John twenty twenty for twenty twenty. John twenty twenty for twenty twenty. He showed him his hands and his side. What is this? Whatever issue you are struggling with, look at his hands and his side. It's a covenant statement. It's a wedding statement. It is an I am that I am statement. Well, I'm a little weak. I am your strength. But I'm sick. I am your healer. I am your wholeness, I am your provider, I am your sufficiency, I am your strength, whatever you need. Look at my hands on my side. I took care of that. I took care of that. I took care of that. Everything that you need is provided for. Look at his hands on his side. So from his presence, his peace, his provision, and the Bible says they became glad. They got a new passion. And then he released another peace, peace with you you back into alignment. And then I was said, as the Father sent me, I so send you. And then with a new purpose, they got a new power. He breathed it on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. that they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they got a new perspective and a new paradigm. That was John 20, verse 19 to 23. So in verse 23, he says, if you, if you, Larry, if you rick if you forgive the sins of annie they will be forgiven your view towards minneapolis washington dc has all to do with how god treats it because you are not going to represent the father like jesus represented the father my view towards the muslim world has all to do with how the father treats it if you it's called a ministry of reconciliation being an ambassador of love November 25th, I received the International Peace Award by the President of Pakistan yeah. and that as an ambassador of love, and, if, and I'm saying that it's to brag about him, this is my process. November 25th, I'm standing with all the governmental officials from the nations around the world and the top Sun of Muslim Shia, Muslim see Pope's representative. And today we have the ambassador of love. And when they gave me the award and I stood up there on the stage, I just realized the journey. You have to honor the roots to be entrusted with the fruits. So in this moment, I just got so overwhelmed. And so now they're moving in and then there's one more appearance of Jesus. And you maybe have had different appearances of Jesus. Even in this season, I am heading to my main point. Are you guys okay? Then it starts in John 21. I still have eight minutes, but since this is the second service, if I go a little bit over, there is a little bit of grace. If Graceland was good enough for Elvis Presley, it should be good enough for you. Welcome to Graceland, the land of grace. So in John 21, and I'm getting wrecked again because... Peter, after two appearances, guess what he does? He goes back to fishing again. It's very interesting. Why would he go back to the old way of life? He has given up the old way of life to following Jesus. He's been on this journey with Jesus. He has seen the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus has appeared to him twice. He has seen all of this, but why would he try to go back to something that is familiar? And the disciples join him, and as they are there, they are fishing all night, and they get very little, or they get nothing, actually. And I'm here even to say, many of you in this room, you are no longer who you used to be, but you have not become what you're supposed to become. And some of us, we try to go back to find what is familiar, but even the old drugs doesn't work, porn doesn't work, anything you try to medicate in the past doesn't work. You're not getting satisfaction any longer. You're trying to find something, but there is nothing there that doesn't work any longer. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out oh, where do I go? When you do not know what to do, you need to know where to go. So, in the middle of this situation, they're coming in and they're disappointed all night. They've been fishing. And there is this person standing on the beach. And he said, Hey, little children. That's a good way. I know we have some fishermen here in this room. That's a very nice, honorable way to say to good fishermen Hi, children! We cannot see who this guy is. But did you guys get any fish? And you kind of feel that Simon Peter's like, No! But it's also disappointment, it is pain, it is mourning. We are hungry, we're tired, we are fatigued. And he said, Why don't you just go out and uh, throw it on the other side? What you and I should capture at this moment is something special. When was the last time he was fishing? Listen, there's times when you're not able to see. There's time you're not able to hear, but you need to remember. But when he had forgotten the second time of fishing, he forgotten the first time of fishing. who is Lord. And the enemy is trying to steal your memory stones with Jesus. So here we are coming into this place. He's looking back and the memory is back and they are fishing 153 big fish. They're just blown up, coming back again. It's like, and, and John, they're coming a little bit closer. And as they see, John said, Simon, it is the Lord. Peter's recognized. I have my underwear on. But nothing else he puts on his the bible says that he put on his clothes jumped in the water and he swim towards jesus now when jesus is sitting there guess what jesus said cold of fire why is this significant we talked about another fire didn't we what is he doing the memory stones there was still an area in peter's life despite of seeing signs wonders and miracles having two resurrection appearances there was still something that was missing in his life that was not ready for the future Peter to come. Jesus did not build that fire with the purpose of condemning him. And bringing up all of his past. But it was a healing moment. For Peter to become what Jesus has always seen in Peter. Amen. And for you to become who you already are. Amen. Did he know how much Jesus loved him? Yes. But let me give you a powerful statement. The problem with Peter is. Peter did not love Peter the way Jesus loved Peter. I'm going to say that three times. Peter did not love Peter the way Jesus loved Peter. Simon Peter had not yet become one with Jesus to love himself the way Jesus loved him. So then Jesus is making breakfast. He has some fish. Peter goes in. Jesus says, go and get some more fish. Brings the fish, they're sitting around. But the second time he's coming in with the rest of the fish, he sees the coals And it takes him all the way back to that memory stone. I remember that fire. I remember that coal. I remember that the best that I wanted. Three times I denied him and I didn't want to. It's still part of my life. It's still part of the scars. Yes, I've been healed, but there's something missing. Why would I go back to fishing again? something is lacking of courage and and, and confidence that still the righteousness is confidence and courage there's still some chicken tendency that chicken is coming alive again it's not that i want that but i don't know what it is simon do you love me feed my lamb the one that criticized you on facebook life love them how do you love your family feed my flock take care what he's also setting him up for Pentecost what is coming so he takes it back how many times did he says do you love me how many times did he deny him do you know what he's doing he's restoring for every denial there's an upgrade in love it's not that Jesus is covering over it. That's why he takes him back there. Because even the best of our ability, the best of our intention, I know this house. And I know a lot of the amazing parents of this house. Sometimes, am about there's a lot of amazing people God is sending you. But I felt the Lord, it's not just me, it is also you. I think that Jesus is building a fire for us in this season. And he wants to give us a breakfast on the beach and there is no longer going back but it is to allow him to go into the most painful moments in our life there is that divorce there was that fornication there's when i did what i never would do or there's what that person hurt me that's why my husband left me that's what and you can just go through but when you're getting to this fire and he's looking at you and i want to say jesus you know that i love you do you love me More than anything else, do you love me? Yeah, you know I love you more than anything else. More than my wife and my kids and my mom. Ah, doesn't work. Coming to the third time. I get offended. And I see Simon got offended. And maybe you get offended. Jesus, why do you continue to drill me on this love question? I'm called the ambassador of love. I just won the award. Come on. If the president of the Islamic Republic of Pakistan awards me of something, maybe I'm getting a little bit of this love message. (laughs) Do you think that Jesus is asking this question because he lacks answer? No, the question is not, do you love me? It's actually, where are you? Where are you, Larry? Where are you? Where are you is the question. And then as he's taking them back to that place, because he's going to set you on fire this morning but this is a fire that makes you burn brightly without burning out it is a fire of intimacy but he's going to first deal with anything from our past so you cannot be blackmailed any longer he's visiting all those moments where the forgiveness is taking, but the healing is taking place. He's dealing with the very rude issues in our life. Until you look in the mirror and you love you the way that he loves you. And then you can love it. It doesn't matter who it is. You will love your neighbors. You love yourself. And the world would see who we are because we have learned how to love his way. Would you like to live and love like Jesus? But to do that, we need to have an encounter. A fresh encounter with his love the third time. Get offended, Jesus. Just like the first time. You know all things. Lord, Lord, you know all things. And then Jesus says, Simon, there was a time when you were young and you could go wherever you wanted. Go to this church, that church, wherever you wanted. But now when you get older, I saw you reaching out your hands. What is Jesus doing? He's describing the death of peter 64 a.d nero comes in chaos is coming into rome peter's trying to escape and they're coming in and, they, and peter runs instead of running away he's running towards and when he comes in there he says listen i am peter and they crucify him some historians says upside down because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified like jesus The very one that denied him and betrayed him is the very one on Pentecost where there was no compromise, where there was a confidence, where there was a peace, there was a courage, there was something there that was taking place on Pentecost, there was another fire. And he never compromised the rest of his life. By the time he got to the end, he finished well. I feel like God is calling a group of people here to come to the second fire because he has a third fire for this house. And there's a Pentecost fire coming and you're going to host revival fire and it is going to be fireplaces all over the place and the wind is going to spark fires to the different places. But today, if we can stand to our feet, then do you mind rising up to your feet? Can we just allowing the love test to go deep today? Wow. Are you guys okay? Yeah. I, I hope, I know I'm going a little fast, but this is, he's overwhelming me with this. I'm not finished. I'm on the third question. Lord, you know everything. I know you're preparing a future. I don't know what it is, but I will trust you. And I know the reason you're asking me this question is not you just want me to take a little look and let love go a little bit deeper. Talked to one of my assistant that was out there between the services and she said, well, how do I know when? There was a moment in John's life when John, who was a lion, let's get fire from heaven. Let's stop the ones that don't vote like I do. But then in a moment with Jesus, something changes. John started to hang around the lamb because Jesus was a lion that became a lamb so that we could become lambs that become lion. But when we roar, people will gather and not scatter because it comes from the lamb's heart. And Peter still had a little bit of this instead of the freedom. Peter knew how much Jesus loves me but the missing piece Peter did not love Peter the way Jesus loved Peter Jesus loved Jesus the way the father loved Jesus that was the key to Jesus so my questions today it's just a love question can he take you back again to the most painful moments in your life, and let love going into those places and heal it. No more shame. He's going to heal shame this morning. What is shame? Is you feel like, with all those issues going on, who am I? Or what? Shame is telling you who you are not. Papa, God always tells you who you are. He speaks to your identity. Shame off you. Somebody say shame on you. I'm saying shame off you. And he's dealing with our root fear. And he's dealing with any guilt that we have carried with us. Even what other people have done to us. I have it in my life. He's dealing with it deep. But I want to be ready for the next Pentecost. I don't want to carry something from my past. I know that he's building a breakfast. He's having a breakfast with each one of us. But we're going to open up the altar. I know Pastor David is going to come up with me. And I wanted to minister to you, but is there anyone here that we're like experiencing a new fire today? I just feeling the flames of love, the fire of love, a love that would spark in us so we can be the burning one burning brightly without burning out. I just saw that earlier this morning, this altar was like a, excuse me, this, this front was like an altar and I feel many of us, we're going to be like the sacrifice. And I know it sounds like a different gospel because we talk about grace and goodness and kindness and love. And I, I love that. And But there is something when the holy fire, when we're just placing ourselves in the offering plate. I say, I don't know. You know everything. I just trust my life with you. And anything that is not you, I'm just allowing that fire of love to go back and take away all shame, fear and guilt. And then it starts to burn away. It's like the tongue of fire in Isaiah 6. It touches your lips and it cleanses. But then it sets you on fire and you have a new message you're a burning one you start to speak with a new passion like you've never spoken before and the ears will open up and you will hear the conversation in heaven who am i going to send and who will go for us and that's when we have an opportunity says here am i just send me i want to make myself available but not as a broken vessel you maybe walk with a limp but you're still walking with god And God trusts people that walk with a limp. And so do I. It just means you have wrestled with God and won. That he has touched the biggest strength in your life. And from this moment, you will operate from weakness. But in his weakness, his strength is going to be demonstrated. So I'm just releasing. Just hold out your hands and just receive. Holy, holy fire. There's a calling over this house. But there's a calling over your life. You didn't mean to. The intention was not there. But something happened in the past, and the enemy is still blackmailing. But today, Jesus is going to meet you, going to show you who you really are. He actually believed in him. He always believed in Peter. He believed that he, from the moment when he called you, he believed in you. And he saw the future of your life, and he knows that there's been so many different things that is stopping but the last chapter of your life is not written yet the best is yet to come there's a Pentecost waiting for you but he just wants you to meet him here and allowing the light of love going into those hidden spots because that perfect love will take away all fear And what would happen in your life when there is no fear there would be freedom I just want to encourage you and Pastor Dave and you just fill up the altar and we're going to be here and praying you're going to be just a sacrifice and His fire is going to come. You're just placing you there on the altar of love and the love going into those areas, love heals love restores love makes all things new love covers over multitudes of sin love takes away shame love erases fear love takes away guilt but it is just it's not that he is surprised by anything in your story he knows everything about you he knows about your hiddenness he knows what you're struggling with he knows about the dark spots that is there you cannot hide from he knows everything about you but what he's doing is bringing his light when you're coming into the light of his fire here and he starts to ask those questions it's just where are you in your journey let me invite you in so that you can see you the way I see you. I want to invite you in for you to love you the way that I love you. Let me restore some of those things that is broken. Let me restore the courage and the confidence. Lay Fetland, you maybe have some scars and there's some brokenness and you may be seeing some things, but I have something new and I'm doing something new, meaning it never been done before. So you're willing to say yes. Father, just baptize us afresh again with your love. Let that liquid love, that liquid love oh, from heaven just going into those deepest root area in our life. To that little boy that was in his mother's womb, this little Athe when my mom had surgery to the 12-year-old when he was being abused that love went in to the one that struggled with addiction when love came in and love just goes in and heals and make things whole holy 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 fire look at all these beautiful beautiful sons and daughters thank you for the beautiful beautiful destiny and some of you today you are going to receive Jesus you're going to be wise you will recognize that he is Lord today and he is worthy to follow not to improve your life and it is not just to be able to make life a little bit better and and you are the lucky one and everything else no this is somebody that saw that you didn't just have a little bit back pain and you went to the doctor and he prescribed and you went to the chiropractor massage therapist no it was actually bone cancer and you were dying and he took the cancer for you it's called sin it was actually a pretty serious condition and there was nothing you could do about it It was not just there was a little tune-up. No, he came and he realized there was absolutely nothing you could do. And there was nothing nobody else could do. And he took your place. He is worthy of it all. He's worthy to just lay down your life. He bought you with a price. You belong to him now and you're becoming free when you're stepping into that place and saying yes to him and follow him. And even then we're going to have the ministry team here going to be at the altar. But if you wanted to surrender, you maybe had him as savior, but today he will be the Lord of your life. But even on the journey of that Lordship, there's been some bumps in the road and he's coming and he's going to bring you into the future you. So the best of Larry, the best of Leif, the best of each one of us in this room, the future of us is going to, whoa, become clear.